Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, back to the Believe in the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Andrew Golden of Jets X Factor. I got my co-host, Lamont Jordan, former Jet running back here with me. Uh, We got some interesting news to talk about. Jets OTAs are happening currently. They are in the third phase uh, before they have their break, before training camp really kicks off in the middle of the summer. Uh, Lamont, I want to toss things off to you, start things off as the former player here. Just take me through your process of OTAs. Uh, Obviously, there's not usually much contact, maybe more so for when you were playing than as to now, for sure. But... What's it like for the players getting back out on the field for the first time, really getting into some some team, you know, activities as they're called after being away for a few months? Um, well, just the, offhand, I'm thinking about the rookies. You know, mm-hmm. you got your first OTA camp. Um, you know, you're just trying to feel your way through. You know, it's it's one thing to come for an offseason program. And for me, when I got drafted, I wasn't able to do the offseason program. I guess there was some rule in place that you can't participate with your team until your school has graduated. It was some, it was some mm-hmm. funky rule that didn't allow me. So for me, I was like, great, yeah. <laughs> great. Give me more time to just kind of enjoy being drafted and, and get myself ready. But once you show up, man, it's, it's, it's football. You know, you're excited. You're excited to see the guys that you're going to be competing against as far as the rookies that they brought in. Um, you get a chance to see the vets that you're competing against. Okay. How do they, how do they operate? Um, you know, how do you compare to the vets, things of that nature? And then it's about getting the respect of the defense. If you are an offensive player, it's, it's all about the respect of the defense. And I remember my first OTA, you're talking about Marvin Jones and Mo Lewis at the linebacker spot. Mm-hmm. Talking about Aaron Glenn, Victor Green, you know, we, I mean, Jason Ferguson was out there. We had John Abraham. I'm talking about we had some 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 guys Dudes. out there. Yeah. Uh, James Ferrier, you know, mm-hmm. in linebacker. I mean, imagine as a running back, as a rookie, you got one of the biggest Sam linebackers that you have to protect in jet protection in Mo Lewis. Uh, you got Marvin Jones playing the mic, and then you got James Ferrier playing the will position. I'm just thinking to myself. I'm glad we're not in pads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it gave me an opportunity to understand the pace of how things work without having to get my head banged in, man. So from a rookie standpoint, you know, you're just coming in, you're excited to play football. Yeah. This isn't workouts. This isn't a tryout. This isn't, you know, uh, a, a getting ready for a combine. Mm-hmm. Not this running is- a 40. Yep. Yeah. It's this is feel. football practice. So just being in that environment, it helps to take the nerves away because it's like, hey, all right, got to go out here and show these guys. As a vet, um, it's a, it's an it's an opportunity to get away from off season workouts. It's a chance to get out there and do some football yeah. stuff. I mean, yeah. when you're trying to run, you got to get in shape. That hurts. Yeah, no, it's training. It's workouts. It's, it's, it's not it's practice. Grind. It's it's work. Yeah, it's a grind, and so. From a veteran standpoint, you just get a chance to get out there and see where you are from your off-season program. Um, you also get a chance to see what you guys are working. You know, if a guy's not around for the off-season program, but then he shows up for OTAs, you get a chance to, as a player, as a teammate, be like, you know what? Okay, that guy's working. I'm not worrying about him. So 
um that's what it's about i'm excited because once you get to otas it's like you know the next step is finishing the off-season program and then you're getting ready for 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 the real deal yeah yeah that that uh that last point you made is something i wanted to expand on because i definitely think it's in my opinion as an outside person looking in the biggest part of otas and it's setting yourself up on the right foot to start and seeing who's about their business and who isn't because you're going to have the guys that show up and know that it's just a practice and you're not in pads and you're running routes on air but are those guys taking it seriously are they putting in the effort like it's a game were they taking care of their body beforehand if you like you said you didn't see them in the off-season program and now they come into otas are they in shape is the mindset there are they taking things seriously or are guys just going through the motions of the drills of, of what they're trying to do? And so I think it's really important for the team aspect as a team to have those guys that are your leaders that are taking it seriously to set the example. And especially for a young team like the Jets to have those young guys see what it's like and to see like you were talking about, you have all these vet players that are all about their business and thank God you're not in pads because this would go really ugly. So I, I think it's really important for really setting yourself up for the rest of the year when you start on that right foot and you're taking everything seriously and you know everyone sits there and wants to say they're having a good off season and everyone looks good and you're never going to hear you know a bad word about anybody in the off season but you can tell when there's the energy at practice you can tell when there's the the desire and the strain and the 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 physicality and i really think that this team with the coaching staff that they have that's all they preach so mm -hmm. I would, even if it may not be as much contact and they may not be doing as much potentially injury risking activity, there's still going to be an intensity to it. There's still competition and they're still taking it seriously. And I think that's really important. Yeah. And, and listen, for these, for these rookies, they come into a different situation than I did. When I came in, I, I, I got drafted to back up Curtis Martin. I mean, you're talking about just one of the greatest human beings I've ever I've ever been around. One of the one of the hardest, most consistent workers that I've been around. And those names that I gave you, you had a bunch of veterans. So if you were coming in as a rookie, it's like, listen, you know what the deal is. You kind of understand the politics. Listen, this guy is going to be the starter. Right. Uh, but yeah, it's you're not taking Curtis Martin's job. Yeah, you're not Sorry. taking and, and, and you know, you're not taking Curtis Martin's job and he will tell you. You know, yes. you're not going to take my job. <laughs> so um, the difference for these guys is that I think that this Jets team is, a, is like we've already talked about. This is a young team. So when you come in, yes, there are some vets there, but you're talking about guys who just got signed to one year contracts, guys who have maybe one year left on their contract. You're looking at as a rookie, I want to get to my second contract. That's what they tell you. You get to the second contract. That is the contract. And so if you're a young player, a free agent, especially or any free agent that's that's in right now, oh, you got a chance to make the team. And so for these OTAs, it's critical because all it takes is for one of these free agents to show that, hey, you know what? I think this guy's going to help. Next thing you know, you're getting rid of a vet that that yeah. that's not going to be more expensive. Your salary cap. And, exactly. That's not going to affect your salary cap unless they make the 53 man roster. So um you know this is this is one of those exciting times man and then the meetings you know i think that's the biggest piece to all of this is you have a lot of guys that are great athletes but do they put in the time can they learn the terminology you know you, you you're not going to walk into new england and think that because you're good that bill but but you can't learn offense that bill belichick's right. going to switch up what he's done no 
So now you get a chance to see, okay, you're at the NFL level now. Was your college career full of your coaches telling you what to do on every play? Or do you have the ability to learn an offense, be able to make adjustments? So, you know, these are all the things that you get a chance to find out in your first OTA. So I think that a lot of, I think that there are a lot, there's a lot of excitement headed into this OTA camp. Um, and I think that some questions are going to get answered in this OTA camp. And I just can't wait to hear, I can't wait to, to talk to coach and hear his interviews after this OTA camp, just to get a feel for, for what's going on. Yeah, me either. Absolutely. Uh, you know, coaches are always going to try and, and not give away too much. But when a coach really feels something, especially a guy that's as passionate as Robert Sala is, you feel it. You mm -hmm. know, when 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 his eyes light up and you see his face when the smile comes up and he starts talking, you know, when he's really about something, he's really passionate about it. And so you will be able to tell. I agree. There's going to be things that we will learn as as these OTAs go along. Uh, and one thing you were mentioning about, again, saying you're not going to walk into New England, you know, and just go, I'm a good player. I was listening to um, one of the Jets official podcasts the other day. They had Michael Carter on as a guest uh, running back, Michael Carter, not corner Michael Carter. Um and he was talking about his transition from a rookie player to a second year player and what was really the, the biggest thing he had to learn as a rookie and how things were. And he was talking about the transition from college to the pros. And in college, he said college is so physical. And what he meant by that is that he was more always just, I'm better than you. I'm faster. I'm stronger. I have better contact balance. I'm quicker. I'm going to out physical you. I have to be trying my physical hardest every play. And that's what's going to get me to win. And then he talked about playing like the a team like the Patriots or a team like the Buccaneers or any of those teams. And he said, it's so much more technical mm -hmm. and that it's, yes, you have to be fast. Yes. You have to be explosive. Yes. You have to be, you know, an athlete, but you have to be so much more of a technician in a brain because everyone's an athlete. Mm -hmm. Everyone's good. Everyone's fast. Everyone's athletic. So um, that's the separator is mm -hmm. how can you be an athlete and allow your technique to be the difference? It starts in OTAs. That's where yeah. muscle memory and reps and, and getting your technique down. That's what these things are for. And so I really think it's important to start off on the right foot and in a similar vein to transition to a different topic, but not exactly uh, off topic, getting your body in the right shape. And Zach Wilson has done that. Um, mm. he is bulked up to about 221 on his own accord. And anyone that's seen him uh, in person, he actually just uh did an interview with Mark Sanchez and Nick Mangold for another Jets official uh thing today that I watched. Um, his legs look huge. Mm. Like he does not look skinny anymore at all. His shoulders are broader, he's got these giant biceps that he's hanging on, tree trunk legs. He has bulked up significantly. And from everything else that we have seen. And heard just going through practices, he's been very sharp. He's been very decisive. He's had a command of the offense. I, it's early, and we still got to see it on the field and in the game. That's always going to be the most important thing, and that'll always be what I judge. But you can't ask for much better things to hear right now. Because if you were worried about Zach Wilson as an injury risk, getting thicker and stronger and growing into his body is going to help. And if he's performing on the field too, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, I agree. Now, is the thickness, is it a good thickness? Meaning you can see that he's ripped up, he's jacked up. Yes. Or, okay, okay. Yeah, he, they, I'm not even kidding. Like, this is, if you were to go and watch after this, go on YouTube and pull up the Jets' uh, YouTube channel and watch his interview with Sanchez and Mangold, he's got, like, Saquon quads. 
Wow. Okay. Like wow. it's not to that level, but for him and where he was, it's eye, it's eye popping. It's yeah. jaw dropping how thick his legs got in one off season. Like he looks, I bet he's, I bet he's a lot faster. He yeah, has to be. Now like, I was going to say the next thing to that is, you know, because one thing about him was his ability to get out, out the pocket. Right. You know, so is it, is it a thickness that's going to slow him down? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but it sounds like to me, it sounds like we got a quarterback and, you know, I've talked about it, this has got to be his year. Like for me, he's on, yeah, his seat is especially with the talent they have now on this offense. Every, this is something I was thinking about today, not to cut you off, but no. every single unit on this offense got better besides that's- the quarterback position. But the running backs got better, the receivers got better, the tight ends got better, the interior of the offensive line got better, and the exterior of the offensive line got better. Every single position improved. If Zach Wilson doesn't improve, it's a waste. Yeah, yeah, and yes. And so it goes back to this has got to be his year. And and hearing that he's bulked up, that tells me that he understands where his body needs to be, that he he's felt those hits. He's under he understands that, hey. Uh, you you know, this is the NFL now. Right. And I'm going to get hit and I need yes, to be able to one, take it. Exactly. Because, you know, you're one hit away from from being on the bench for a couple of weeks. And Lord forbid, there's a guy that comes in and takes your spot. We already talked about that second contract, you know, mm-hmm. with the weapons that they're putting around him. He's going to be expected to be a leader. Yeah, he is going to be expected to be a leader. And, and I'm happy to hear that he bulked up. Cause that's to me, that's a guy that, that me, he came into this off season with one focus with and multiple focuses, but one right. major focus was getting his body prepared for an entire season. And so yeah. these are the little steps that you want to see out of your quarterback. And these are, and this is the benefit of having the OTAs is like I said, you get a chance to come in and see as a vet and you like, Oh man. Okay. Oh, he put in some work. I right, bet. Mm-hmm. Now you can get, yep. you know, you behind and this it, guy. And it grows and it just yes. grows from yes. there. Yes, and when and your leader top. and your quarterback and the mm-hmm. face of your franchise is doing it too, everyone's going to follow in line behind it. It's very yes, important. And the, flip, and the flip side to that is you get the chance to see that guy. He's like, uh-oh, he looks a little big. He hasn't been putting any work in. Uh, listen, I, I was a guy that, hey, listen, my off-seasons were not the best. All right? My off-seasons were not the best. When I'll never forget Paul Hackett, my, my, my rookie year, at the end of my rookie year. He said, guys, you have to allow your mind to get away from the game. He said, just allow your mind to get completely away from the game. I'm telling you, my mind went away from the game, my whole body, everything. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> and sometimes it's hard. It's hard to get that back. So you get a chance to see who those guys are also. Yep. But as far as Zach Wilson, the work that he's put in, if you're a vet, even if you're a rookie, you know, just a second year player. You know, as players, you have questions about guys. You know, if I'm in that locker room, I'm probably saying, all right, come on, Zach, you know, you whatever. But when you show up and you see that, now you have more grace for a guy. And so I'm really excited to see how, how you know, things look great right now, see how things operate in OTAs. And, and, and then as you get ready to go into training camp, because I think we're going to find out after OTAs going into training camp, what a guy did. If we see a veteran getting released, and we know that there is a rookie or a young player at that spot that's in court That's the right. coach that we have to be prepared. That we have to be prepared for. So I'm really, I'm really excited about this this upcoming Jet season. I'm trying my best not to, not to go overboard with my predictions and what I think that they can do, because um, I'm trying to be realistic. But it's hard to not get excited about oh, this yeah. up 
about this upcoming season? It's real hard. No, they've done so well through free agency in the draft and, and keeping things cohesive and the additions they've made and, and the players themselves seem to be putting in the work and doing things the right way. It's, it's definitely hard not to get excited because they're doing everything that at all signs point to things going right. There really hasn't been any negative, you know, problems that have come out that really would have hindered anything. So I completely get that. Uh, one last point on Wilson. He had mentioned on the interview I'd watched today that he's 221 now. He wants to get up to about 225 throughout the end of training camp and then drop to be around 218 during the season. So I think that's perfect. I think that's perfect. That's him. Let me get good weight on. Let me build muscle. Let me get, let me bulk up correctly. And then I'll drop it down and get more toned and explosive when I need you for the season and already have that muscle built on. So I'm, I think it's, I think his plan is perfect. So I'm, like you were saying, worrying about losing his explosion, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I think it's only going to make it better. Um, so I'm I'm really excited to see it. And when you look at the team speed around him, that means he's going to be able to throw the ball even further. Yep. Which is going to allow us to stretch the field. Stronger more. legs to drive off of means that ball is coming out faster. Stronger legs, stronger arm. Um. Uh. Yeah, man. I, I. I'm really interested to see how how this thing plays out. I'm. I'm really. I'm trying my hardest to contain myself. So I want hard. to be like the the Jets is going to be this year's, um, like sleeper to possibly make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Things of that nature. My concern for them is that they play the Baltimore Ravens for the first game of the season, and they play the Patriots twice and the Bills twice. Yep. That is the only thing that is keeping me from saying, hey, this is going to be a playoff team. But I don't want to put any unrealistic expectations out there. I definitely want to just hold on to, to, to the momentum that we're that this team is starting to build right now. Because when, if it, I, we've said this during the season, and I'm going to say it again, if you're a Jets fan, you have every reason to be excited about this franchise, not just for this year. You have every reason yep. to be excited about the direction that this franchise is, is is headed in. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The way I'm going about this next year, this will be the last thing we talk about before we get to our, our final topic. But the, the way I'm going about this next season is I'm expecting improvement from four and 13 and the 32nd ranked defense and 28th ranked offense. I'm expecting improvement, whether that's seven wins eight wins, 10 wins, six wins, and and nine of their 11 losses or three points or less or something like that. I'm, I'm not going to let that be the barometer. I want improvement and I want them to continue to stack and get better because what I think they're building is a perennial winner. Yes. They're building something that's going to last years and years and years, not a flash in the pan. 2015, the team goes 10 and six. And if they beat the bills, go to the playoffs. Well, they were garbage the year afterwards. So I think that, like you said, I'm not trying to get too excited. They've done a lot well, but I am much more excited for the Jets next year than yeah. I am for them this coming season, even though I am excited. Uh, yeah. Speaking of this, go ahead. No, yeah. You want to add on? No, I was going to say, no, I, was gonna say I, I agree with you 100% on that. Yeah. Uh, All right. Let's get to our last little bit here. You've been hitting the film of Brees Hall as a former running back yourself and a guy that you were very, very high on pre-draft that you were hoping the Jets would take and they ended up taking uh, pretty much 
almost had your little premonition there of them making that happen. Uh, so, Mr. Brees Hall fan yourself, uh, Ibn hitting the film, I want you to go through, tell me what you've been seeing, uh, what have been some of the biggest strengths of his game, maybe some of his weaknesses, and, and how you think he's going to fit in this offense. I, I, first of all, as I said before, I mean, I love this kid. What number is he wearing? 20. 20, okay. Now, because if he was wearing 28, then then the expectation it was going to be taken yeah. to a whole, whole well, 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 20, 20 for is is pretty high too. 20 is high too, and and yes, oh, he's wearing Richie's number. That's Richie Anderson's number. That was my fullback when I came in. So yeah, he's got a lot mm-hmm. of pressure on him. I'm gonna start off by saying this. I believe he will be our starting running back. I believe you don't draft him with the second pick of talent, move up like that. No. I think that he is a bigger NFL-style version of Carter. I think him and Carter are, are, are similar backs. I just think that he's a lot bigger, both of the and, and a better pass protector. Both of these guys, he has great vision. I love his vision. I love his pad level on contact. He does a great job of making sure he keeps his feet moving and finishing forward. Um, he's active in pass protection. He is really active in pass protection when when it, when it's him with his guy. He has shown, I love the fact that he closes the distance. And what I mean by close the distance is, is when, you, when you're watching a game and you're looking at a running back and you see a blitzing linebacker, a lot of times you see the running back will get out of their stance, take two steps and allow the defender to have another four or five steps yep. to, to build up some momentum. Well, Hall does a great job of is getting out of his stance and closing the distance, making sure that he's protecting inside out. And what I mean by protect inside out, I'm talking about he's on that inside number, whichever yeah. number is is on the inside cl- coming closer to the ball. He's making sure that you're going to get around him. That is your responsibility as a back. Um, he's going to give us a lot out of the passing game. I think he's a natural catcher. Um, there, there aren't too many things that I see from his film that I don't like. Um, there are times that he has shown a little laziness in the passing game, meaning, all right, and this is natural. I've done it. Mm, right. And we've all right. done it. Right. Back. This is, this could be right. This, let's be clear that we're, this is a nitpick and you already started yes. by saying that you love the kid and you think he's going to be a starter for the team. So we can talk about negatives without it being, you know, the Achilles <laughs> heel that's going to ruin his career. Yeah, and, it, and it's something to me that is so small, but I have to talk about it because, because this is something that you want to get better at. And that is, is if he's not blocking and it's not his primary guy and he's just a guy that's helping alignment out, I've seen a couple of times where he's just kind of standing and just kind of looking around. All right, now, that could be his offense where it's just like, listen, I've done it as a bat, all right? I'm in pass protection. I got to secure the offensive line, make sure everything is good to go. And after a certain amount of time, now I could just kind of do a leak out. Mm-hmm. Hey, that's my chance to catch my breath. And that's what I see him doing in those situations is, mm-hmm. hey, everything is secure here. I don't have a responsibility to get out. I'm just going to chill. Mm-hmm. Whereas in, in, in those situations, especially if you're having issues protecting the quarterback, you want to be that enforcer. You want to take that opportunity that if a guy is fighting with an offensive line, you go take your shoulder, you go take all your yep. weight, you go put it in, you, you go put it into his ribs, you go put it in his shoulder. You do something 
that is going to get the defensive line to feel your presence, that if you're on their side, even if you don't show that initially you're going to be there to give them a shot, that throughout the course of the game, they're mindful of where you are. I've hit a lot of defensive linemen like that, the chip blocks, things of that nature. That is one area that I would like to see him get better at, but I'm, I'm, I'm loving this pick. I just hope that, that he comes in with the mentality, A, of being humble, but also come in with the mentality that, hey, I can play in this league. It took me my third preseason game. It wasn't until my third preseason game, I think we were playing the Giants, actually, where I said, you know what, the hell with this. I'm not overthinking. I'm not going to worry about whether I make the right read. I'm just going to go out there and I'm going to run. And after I had that mentality and I went out there and I did it, that's when I said, okay, you know what, let's go. I can Mm -hmm. do this. And I see that potential in him. I think that if he can take care of his body and – I love the one-two punch. I actually love the one-two-three punch of of him, and then you add Coleman to that. All right? I love that combination of backs there. Um, But Hall, man, listen, listen. What He's a complete running back. All right? He's not a guy that is a, okay, we put him out there on first or second down, but we can't use him on third down because he either can't catch or he can't protect. He could do them both. He could do them both very well. And his speed creates mismatches between him and linebackers, which means nine times out of 10, if he's really active in the passing game, you're going to have to drop a safety down there to check him because there aren't a lot of linebackers that are going to run with him. So I'm, you know, I was high on this guy before the draft. I was hoping my two running backs were him and Robinson um, to see them to get, first of all, to get the number one guy that we love, JJ. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right, to to get a wide receiver, and that was your be, favorite. You love yes, Garrett yes, Wilson. Yes, that was your yes, dude. That was yeah. my number one receiver. Yeah, that was yeah. my number one receiver. So for me to get the number one defensive player, I like the number one wide receiver. I like and the number one running back that I like. I'm like, hey, let's go, fellas. Uh huh. Yeah. Let's go. let's go. And I think that Brees Hall. I think that he is he he will be the starter before this season ends. I think that Michael Carter in, in, in preseason will win the job out, but I think it's because he, you know, he's got a year or so under his belt. But I think that when it's all said and done, as he gets a feel for this game, I think that Brees is going to be is going to be the starting running back. Oh, I think so too. No, you said you said it at the very beginning. You don't take a running back in the top 40 to be a backup. But you just you don't. Not in today's NFL. That's not how it works. So mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent agree that sooner rather than later, you said by the end of the season, I'll go by the, by week four. I I, I honestly think it's not going to take very long at all for, for him to take over as the starting back. Um, and one thing that you didn't mention, because I do want to go through a lot of positives with him real quick, but I do have a negative. That's been something that stuck out to me. That's always like, it's a pet peeve of mine. And so that's why it sticks out in my gut, but I'll get there. Positives, speed, incredible just he's a glider when he runs and he gets out in the open field he's a bit of a long strider so he doesn't necessarily look like he's running as fast as he is because he's not stamping his feet in the ground and going as hard as he can but he's smooth and no one catches him once he gets out in front so Mm -hmm. speed test tape matches 439 on on track no problem his acceleration when he sees the hole 
and what his ability to put his foot in the ground and burst is elite. Absolutely elite. His agility in some areas is elite, elite, like amazing elite, elite. I don't know how this dude isn't torn both ACL seven times over the dead leg cuts that he makes at full speed to, to cut at like a 45 degree angle at full speed where there's been a handful of plays. I remember he's going out to the sideline and he's got a safety tracking him from depth. And he starts pressing, 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 pressing dead leg and cuts right in front of him. And the safeties fall down practically every time because they can't even fathom that he made that sort of cut. Incredible contact balance better than I gave him credit for when I first watched him. It may not be a strength. It may not be a get off me sort of run you over, put my head down and fight through type of contact balance or power, but he's really good at angling his body. He's really good at making sure guys have a hard way to hit him so they can't get a clean shot. He's really able, he's good at spinning out and staying balanced and and being uh, that ballerina through contact and keeping himself upright in that angle. Love him from that aspect in the passing game, give him the ball underneath. And then he's just a playmaker in space and he's going to be able to make damage there. He's been shown to run routes. Love all of that. This is my one negative and it, it kills me. And we're, when we get our, our film review out, I'm going to bring this up in a few clips, but this is the one thing that he needs to really do better, especially if he's running this offense. There is too many times for my liking when the hole is wide open for him immediately and he doesn't just hit the gas right off the gut. Mm-hmm. There are too many opportunities for him where he could have had 75-yard touchdowns with his speed. With, his, with your burst and your acceleration, where if you get this and put your foot in the ground the way you can and go the second you get the ball, no one's touching you. But he's a little bit of a patient runner. Not that that's bad. Again, it's most of the time very helpful. And his vision on a down-to-down basis is good. But there's a little bit of hesitancy with him, where especially for this zone scheme, the opportunities when that edge is clear on an outside zone is like 10% of the times you're calling that play. Yeah, 99% of the time you're calling that play practically it's being cut back and they Mm -hmm. know you got to have force on the edge to shut down this free lane the few times it was open if you don't hit it it's like almost criminal yeah like the few times it's there and you don't take it 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 really really hurts you not only because you're leaving yards in the field but you're taking the threat of you taking it away from the defense where you got to have a guy that knows the second you don't play contain one time, it's mm-hmm. 35 yards at least. Mm-hmm. I want to see him get a little more decisive. I want to see him use all of this talent that he has and be a little quicker in his reaction because there's times where his patience help helps him a lot. And there's times where his patience allows him to find holes that weren't originally there and be hard to tackle and all of that. And I'm not telling him to completely change his style whatsoever, but there are for the type of back that he is in the system that we run, you cannot be leaving yards on the field when you got a wide open crease, especially with how explosive he is. So Mm -hmm. that's, that would be my number one thing for him is see it, hit it like Mm -hmm. period. He works on that. He gets better at that he could be one of the the perennial best running backs in the NFL. He could be Dalvin cook. There's no yeah. reason he, he couldn't be Dalvin cook. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and I will say this, I, I did see a little bit of that on film. Um, sometimes as a back, 
you want to hit the home run so much that you that you have a tendency to wait too long. Yeah. And I think that this is where I have my issue with college running backs, especially when they are predominantly shotgun runners. As Brees Hall was. Yes, as he was. The difference with him is I've seen him show a willingness to lower his shoulder and hit it up in there. And so right. I think and come back it, for sure. Yes. And so I think that no fear inside. And I think that having a back like Coleman, a big back kind of like your size, who that's what he does. He's going to yeah. see the hole. Yep. He's going to hit the hole. Yep. I One speed. For, yes. I think for Brees, that's where being able to watch Coleman do it, seeing somebody do it where now you're not the guy, you get a chance to watch a veteran who's earned the respect that, hey, he's going to hit this ball downhill. I think that that's something that's going to help him is having a bigger back who's a guy who is a make up his mind and go type of back. I think that that's something that's going to help him out a lot. And 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 I saw that also, and that is something that I would agree with you on. But I just think that I didn't really take I, – I, I, I think this is where I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and the fact that when you look at him in college, he did not have the weapons around him that he's going to have in New York. You have a decision to make as a defensive coordinator. Yes. You have a decision to yes. make. Yes. Are you going to load and the box? both of them are wrong. And exactly, both of them are wrong. Are you going to load the box? Are you going to load the box and allow your and see if your cornerbacks can hold up? Yep. Or are you going to play back, play some type of coverage, and then allow the Jets running game to pound it down your throat? Because I'm looking at these three backs that I've that I've mentioned, and these are all three backs that bring you something different. Coleman is going to give you the hey, it's open. I'm gonna hit it. Carter is going to give you that. You mess up and not have that cutback lane there. He's small enough to get through there. Yep. He's going to be a problem yep. in the pass game. Whereas Perfect gap contain every single play. Otherwise, yeah. you're getting punished for it. Yes, whereas Hall, he gives you that mixture of Carter and Coleman. Yeah. And so I, I, I think that that's something that we, that we are definitely going to have to pay attention to. But that's something that I've seen on his film that I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt that as he get into this NFL offense, going back to your point that Carter made yeah. about the speed of the game, where he realizes that, oh, I don't have time to be as patient. I got to uh-huh. make up my decision. And that's what I went through What I was talking about, that it didn't take me until my third preseason game to be able to yeah. get that, um, well, to trust it. Mm-hmm. Something that I did in practice, but it was the nature of our offense. We right. ran downhill, we ran outside, we did a number of different things. So, so to your point, that is something that we have to pay attention to, but it's something that I'm definitely going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I've seen him actually lower his shoulder and be willing to take contact. Most of the time, guys don't do that because they want no part of what comes with, with running in between those right. tackles. There are some guys that I look and I say, ah, well, yeah, he missed that hole because he didn't want that drama. I think for Hall, I don't think that that's the case. I think it's just a matter of him just getting used to doing it. And I think watching Coleman do it over and over again is something that's going to help him. Yeah, I 100% agree. 
uh, Tevin Coleman is the perfect guy to learn from to get better at, at that specific issue. There's like no one in the world you could have picked to be a better mentor for than Tevin Coleman for that. Yeah. So, so no, I'm, I'm with you there. And I agree. I don't think that it's, I'm not willing. I don't think that it's, uh, he's got, like, he's got more than enough physical talent. That's not the issue. Like the willingness is there. The, the aggression is there. He's, he's a North and South runner for the most part. He doesn't try and constantly just stretch plays outside or he's not, he's not dancing in the backfield or, you know, or anything like that. He's a patient runner and he's almost like that, that Cobra type of style where it's wait, 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 strike. And mm-hmm. it's effective. There's been guys throughout the league for years and years and years that played that way that were effective, but they also knew that when it's there, you got to hit it. And so I do think that he is going to get better. I do think it's something that he will improve on. Like I said, it's a pet peeve of mine. It's something that just bugs me because I know how many yards it leaves on the field. The offensive line is sitting there going, we'll never block that run play that good ever again. And you didn't hit it. Like it's, there's so much to it. And I, I, and on top of that, the fear it puts in a defense to have that just immediate gash run play when everyone's looking around going what the hell just happened it 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 throws everyone off it it, it almost it it sometimes can even make a bigger statement than a big pass play because in a big pass play you could have nine other guys on the field doing everything right and one corner gives up a bad matchup and that's an issue you have a bust in a run play like that the whole defense is at fault the whole team is screwed they're going to be going into the the monday film session you're going to have coach going wrong 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 Mm -hmm. and it demoralizes you Mm -hmm. and so especially when you got a guy like Brees hall with his speed having those plays turn into touchdowns is really important and i don't want him i'm scarred from Le'Veon bell in new york where to, to his credit, Adam Gase's outside zones never blocked a backside defensive end a day in their life. And he knew he had a patient running back in Le'Veon Bell and never thought, hey, let's block the guy on the backside. Could rant mm-hmm. about that all day, but I'm not going to waste any more time. But I just, I know how good he can be. Yep. It's, a no, it's a pet peeve for me and it's a weakness for me because it's something I know he can improve. It's something I know he can get better at. And if he really works on, he can be really good. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Lamont, thank you for your time for joining me here. Uh, thank you all for listening. Make sure you guys are following at Believe in Jets on Twitter, B-L-E-A-V underscore in underscore Jets. Uh, you can follow me at Andrew Golden underscore 17 and Big Dog over there at Coach Jordan 34 Thank you guys again for listening, and we will be back real soon. Peace. For listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B L E A V on YouTube. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.